Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing The Matchmaker's Bargain by Elizabeth Boyle. This was published in 2005 and is number five in the Danvers family series. It's a novella that was originally published in Hero Come Back, which also featured novellas from Stephanie Lawrence and Christina Dodd. So this was the very first anything by Elizabeth Boyle that I ever read. Really? Mm-hmm. So okay. I was going through like a Stephanie Lawrence phase. And so I was like looking up everything by Stephanie Lawrence at my library. And this came up and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go read it. And I grabbed it and I like, I read this novella. This is the second in the book. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I was like, this is so funny. Really enjoyed it. So then I was like, okay, now I have to find everything by Elizabeth Boyle. <laughs> I will say it's a smidge long for a novella. Mm-hmm. It's still very short and very quick, but I think it t- took up a solid half of the book that the novella is in. And mm-hmm. there are two other stories in it with it. So obviously yeah. it was the longest of the novellas featured in this compendium. It is. So it's not quite the like 45 minutes while you're waiting in line at the DMV. No, I'd say it's a good solid hour, hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is definitely a little longer. There's definitely a little bit more development and build. It had more backstory, I think, than I'm used to in novellas, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it did. I don't know. This is still, it remains one of my favorite um, novellas. None of that was a criticism. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's, I mean, it's getting older at this point. Um, But I still really like it. Okay, so the jacket. Sometimes the road to love. Miss Amanda Preston never intended to make a bargain with a matchmaker when she stumbled into the lady's cottage late one stormy night. But imagine her surprise when she wakes up and discovers none other than James Jemmy Rayburn barging into the house and into her life. But her life is no longer her own, and she's got little time left to finish what she set out to do takes a slight detour. Entangled in the matchmaker's bargain, Amanda is about to be betrothed to another man, but her heart longs for her first and only love, Jemmy, a man she discovers is long lost. The devil-may-care son of Lord and Lady Finch returned from the wars in Spain scarred and bitter, a shell of the rake Amanda remembers. Now she must help Jemmy rekindle his lost spirit before her time runs out. So first thing that has to be said, Jemmy is an awful name. I love it. <laughs> it's so unsexy. It's so bad. It's extremely I, unsexy, it you, and I still love it. It's it's just a terrible name for a Spanish war hero. That's all I have to say. Oh, Jemmy. <laughs> Look, Jemmy. Jemmy. I don't know. I don't know. I, I one of the things that I like about Elizabeth Boyle are her little quirks I mean every author has these like little quirks but like she always says demit she writes d-e-m-m-i-t demit I don't know I like love it I don't know what that has to do with Jemmy but um just because I don't know it reminds me of that and she always writes like thusly instead of Mm -hmm. thus which I don't know and I feel like Jemmy just sort of fits in there somehow okay so it's a little bit inaccurate slightly yes She's never betrothed to another man. She's never actually betrothed, no. Other man, specifically. No. No. 
there's no specific other man. So what right. happens? The, I okay. Maybe we should let's do our sum, summaries first, actually. Okay. Then I just wanted to, I'm just criticizing the jacket. At this I know. Point. I know. Like, I, I think it's a little misleading. It sounds like she's fleeing a love affair. She makes it very clear in the first two pages she is not. Yeah. Very. So I think it's a little weird to like make the book jacket imply she's fleeing a bad match. Yeah. When that is absolutely not what's going on. No, she's playing something else. Yes. Okay, so this episode, our random number for our personal summaries is 10. Uh, you want to take it away, Lane? I sure. Matchmaker, matchmaker, GTF away, unless it's that one former crush. <laughs> I love it. All right, here's mine. By magical law, Amanda must marry. Who's the lucky groom? So, so basically what happens in this book is Amanda's <laughs> running away from something. We don't really know what she takes refuge in this like old lady's cottage, which is like very witchy. She's got this cat and she makes her drink this tea and she says, I'll give you your heart's desire. If you cross my palm with silver or whatever. <laughs> and Amanda's like, uh, I mean, it's a rainy night. I guess I should probably give her some money. if I'm going to sleep here. And unknowingly, she contracts a match with the matchmaker. So the this woman that she's run into is the matchmaker of Brumley Hollow, which is this town in England that somehow it's like it, she even specific uh, Elizabeth Boyle writes in there that this um, town is specifically exempt from the Marriage Act, and you don't have to read the bans, you don't have to be of age, you just need to contract a match with the matchmaker, and then you have to get married. And if you don't, you go to jail. You can't leave the town until you're wed. Yeah. I, it's so ridiculous, and I love it. It's absurd. Everything about it was, from the little old lady's cottage to the magic tea that lets her watch other people's dreams. Uh-huh. Unclear. Um, but everything was perfect. I, like, I love that. It. I love it. That's how, So that is how this novella starts. Okay, we totally skipped our tropes, but I just had to, I just had to, like, explain what that whole, what the heck that whole betrothal thing meant. So before we get into tropes, I just want to say that this book is dedicated to her cat. And the crazy witch woman has, like, a very crotchety cat who's absurd. And um, as a, de like, very adamant cat lady, I really appreciate it. I know. It's, like, so sweet. It's just, like, yeah, cats are assholes. That's why we love them. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So tropes. She has a secret that will keep her from getting married. I know it's a very vague Yes. And that's, that's what's interesting is it's the kind of secret that like she is now feels like she can't get married, but she is already lamenting all the things she will not do as a wife and mother. Yes. And I know that's very vague, but I feel like this appears in a lot of books that there's some secret, something like either you were ruined in your past and you're not a well, virgin. One time you lost a chess tournament while dressed as a boy. That also happens in these books. So, I yes, this is a very extremely vague trope, but it is so prevalent. I had to talk about it. Right. There's something going on that 
you could never shame a husband with this secret or marriage is literally impossible for you or there's something that if society ever found out it would ruin you and your man like yeah. there's always something there's always something anyway um she's in love with jemmy she's been in, re- in love with him since her season she had one unsuccessful season in london and she fell in love with jemmy then. because he was the one guy who asked her to dance Mm-hmm. She didn't dance at all that season except for once at Almax with Jemmy. Yeah, and you'd think from the description of her as this like sad, tragic wallflower that nobody would dance with that she was ill-suited for a season or what happened. She's in a really weird position. She's one of it sounds like many daughters, mm-hmm. and her parents just particularly hate her. I mean, I th- I think so. I've I've read this like a lot because I really like it. And I mm-hmm. bought it. And um, I, I think, so the, the, she talks several times about how she's the only one with brown hair. All her sisters are like blonde and she has um, a different complexion. She's been forced. She also was heavier than her sisters and she had to wear all their hand-me-downs. So mm-hmm. part of it is that... Um, I think most of it, actually, is that her father is a cheapskate. Right, but he seems to be meaner to her than her siblings. Yes, and I think it's because he's had to support her for so much longer. That's fair. All the I, others I'm wondering married. if that like description of... I, I didn't catch her description of her compared to the looks of her sisters, but I'm wondering if it was implying she was illegitimate. Oh, that's possible. I don't think so, but inter- it could be. Um, so there's a matchmaking mama. It's not her mother. It is Jenny's mom. Yeah. So because she made this contract, she didn't know she made with the town matchmaker. Immediately the town matchmaker goes to Jemmy's mom because spoiler alert, Jemmy is the heir to the barony, barony of this town. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to the highest lady in the town and is like, we must find this woman a match. And so immediately Jemmy's mom is like, okay, putting on a ball, inviting hundreds of people. It's so um, Okay, okay. Uh, eavesdropping will never get you the right information. So Amanda actually eavesdrops twice in this book, and both times she gets incorrect information. Yep. So I'm just saying that, guys, if you are eavesdropping, you know. In a romance novel. In a romance novel, or probably even in real life, a lot of times you're not going to get, like, the full picture. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So he's got lots of scars, including a gnarly one across his face because he is a wounded war hero. Yeah. Yes. Um, She has a fake identity, but everyone knows she has a fake identity. She's not like trying to masquerade as somebody else. So it's. She's just trying to make sure they don't know who she is. Yeah. I actually kind of love that part. You know, she's like, yeah, my name is Miss Smith. And (laughs) it's like, sure. Your name is Miss Smith. You're going to get married. Come on. You know. Yep, it's so good. He's a reformed rake. He is. And I mean, I don't know if he's a reformed rake or if he's like a failed rake. Basically, his season in London, he was like raking around and then he was like, I'm going to go be a war hero. And then he got, he almost died and was like terribly wounded. And he just hasn't gone back to London since. And it's really implied that while he does have some physical disfigurement and other ailments, the real reason he hasn't gone back is because he's embarrassed. Yeah. No, exactly. It's because he's embarrassed. He's ashamed. He feels like people are going to judge him. 
And that leads right into the next trope in this book, which is love is literally healing. Yes, it is. It is. You what know. can I say? I think literally. So he walks with a limp and a cane. And I think this might be the third book we've read where one day he magically forgets his cane and he's fine. <laughs> yes. Everyone's like, like well, the young master forgot his cane. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that one scene is literally a trope in and of itself. Love it. I love it. Uh, So basically this is very Elizabeth Boyle and that there's just some weird magic going on. It gets no explanation. Um, That is my favorite part of all of her books. I love it. I love it. And like not every single one of her books has this in it, but I feel like if you want to appreciate Elizabeth Boyle, you need to go into it with a little bit of appreciation for like magical realism. Because yeah. even her books that don't have actual literal magic in it, which Lane has not read any books of hers that doesn't have literal actual magic in it. But there are books where she doesn't have it. But like in one of the books, one of her books is called um, There's Something About Emmeline. And this guy can't be bothered to get married or or even have a mistress because he's just like too busy and everyone's like oh and he's like oh yeah my my fiance Eveline she's in the country so he makes her up and then one day this girl comes to town calls herself Eveline and just like she's like yep we're getting married I'm your fiance so there's no magic in this book but there's definitely like what just happened here you know just throw away a little bit of logic and you will enjoy these books like 10 times more and they're, they're really great you know there's just the magic is in no way shape or form a part of the universe or explained Mm-mm. and you just have to accept that like okay cool there's magic tea that lets someone see dreams and that's all you need to know well you need to know like that's all you need to know also i i mean i love that the whole town is just like yes enforcing this weird old bargain like literally they threaten to imprison amanda twice and then Spoiler, at the end of the book, she goes to jail. For trying to flee the matchmaker's bargain. For trying bargain. to get out of the matchmaker's bargain. <laughs> Which she paid for it. Like, I was actually, so did any of the other books in this series deal with the matchmaker? Uh, I think maybe one. I'm just interested to know, like, how this usually goes down. Because clearly, usually a giant ball isn't the answer. I mean, so not, like, not a lot, actually. Okay, I have, I have several questions, not about the magic of it, but, like, has anyone ever come to the town and gotten a match and been like, I don't want to marry this person? I think so, no. yes. And then what happens? Well, I mean, they imply that that's how Lady Finch got married. Yeah, but imply. I want more details. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not really sure what happens in the other matches. Yeah, I'm just curious, because he says something about having helped the Danvers brothers whisk women away before, but then they always end up married to the women they're whisking away, and I didn't know if that was also tied to the matchmaker or independent of it. No, it's, it's, so the Danvers brothers are all, like, spies. Oh, we're reading these. (laughs) Oh, we're reading these. And the women all, like, help them with their spying missions in one way or the other. And volunteer. Yes, right? <laughs> They're spies. They're spies. She writes a lot about spies. I'm 
so happy about everything Elizabeth Boyle has ever done, as far I, as I can tell. I love her, basically. So this um, is a really, we said this is a lot more backstory than we're used to in novellas, but it's because there's actually a lot of, like, weird plot, but yes. it keeps it moving. Yes, it does. Like, there's not, this is one of those books where there's a lot, there's a lot that happens. There's not like a lot of time to sit down and feel angsty about falling in love or blah, blah, blah. Like it's really like this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And there are like real twists in the plot too. It was definitely less formulaic than I'm used to novellas being. And I don't say that as a criticism of most romance novellas. I read romance novellas when I want 45 minutes of comfort. Yeah. This had a lot of deviations from what I was expecting for sure oh yeah I mean even when I reread it I'm like oh yeah I forgot about that like like literally one chapter ends with Lady Finch saying oh you'll see her at dinner so then the next chapter starts he comes to dinner but guess what Amanda didn't go to dinner (laughs) it's also find her somewhere else (laughs) more obviously than that even we mentioned that she goes to the matchmaker's cottage because she gets stuck there on a night with bad weather on her way on a trip she's on. And then when he meets her, she says, I really need to go on this trip. And he starts talking about how, okay, I'll take you to the very least to the station, but if I have to, I'll take you all the way to Bristol. So I definitely thought in the first two chapters, I was getting a A road trip romance, road trip romance where the matchmaker had orchestrated him being there that morning. Yeah. Like the whole, there's just a lot of moments like that where Clearly, you know these two characters are going to end up together. But the structure of the novella did surprise me at a couple of points. Oh, yes. Um, Without creating any false angst between the two characters. Oh, yeah, no. There's no, that's what I like, too, about this book, is there's no, there's really no angst between the two characters. Like, they, so this book, and it's called out in the book, they fall in love in, like, two days. Oh, yeah. Because of the matchmaker. It's magic. I mean, part of it is, and that's the thing, too, is, like, because there's the magical element, I'm like, yeah, sure, they can fall in love with two days. Whatever. I don't care. Also, she's been in love with him forever because of that one dance. Yeah. So, for her, so, it wasn't sudden. Again, totally fine with me. But, <laughs> you know, it all, there's all this extra, this special boil logic that make, makes it make sense. So, I'm fine with it. Um, but, yeah, like, they, they fall in love in two days, and in the two days, like, they, they don't have time to have, like, well they do have one misunderstanding really the the problem is she has a lot of them about herself yeah yeah so there is okay so there's a slight there's a tinge of you don't know you're beautiful there's a lot of it he actually says she's beautiful because she doesn't know she's beautiful in the text yeah I mean he he he, I guess the exact phrase he uses no he doesn't say you're beautiful because you don't know you're beautiful he's like it's a shame you don't know you're beautiful because you are I'm gonna find this citation find it for me because I just reread it too your beauty is that you don't realize how lovely you truly are damn it Amanda you are the most beautiful woman in the world I love it. So this, make you feel beautiful. You are gorgeous. She shook her head, not like one of those London ladies. Amanda, forget those shop-worn cats. Their beauty is purchased on Bond Street and fades like yesterday's flowers. Your beauty is that you don't realize how lovely you truly are. Yeah, I hate it, but I also I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not... I'm not judging you for like giving this one a pass because 
it's magic and fun and whatever. But I just want to state, like, you don't get much more literally you don't know you're beautiful than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Whatever. Also, not like other girls, too, because they're shop-worn cats. Oh, yeah. Not like the other girls, too. But I don't care. Also, the ending is so dumb, and I love it so much. Okay, my only problem with the ending is that, as we kind of already spoiled, it kind of happens in jail. Yeah. And there's a lot going on in what I assume is a filthy, dirty jail. Oh, the fi- oh no. No, they talk about how it's nice. For a jail. I mean, yeah, it's a really <laughs> nice jail, is what they say. They say it's <laughs> I'm like just... really, really nice. It's also open. Yeah. Like, the guard is there. I don't know. It was no, a little the guard bit... was there. He locked the cells, and the door's tight and sought his own bed. Right, but I'm picturing, like, a cot in the, like, warden's area. Not like he went home. Oh, no. He went home. He totally went home. Okay. So that would and make me feel better. Been, I... it's, it's, like there, it's, like, extri- I think she tries her very best to avoid what you're complaining about. Like, I truly do. Like, she's, like, they're, they're having an occasional drunkard, very rarely. For the last hundred years or so, it had only seen the passing of the broom from one Holmes descendant to the next. So, like, the constable. Right, but who cleans it regularly? I'm just, I, how often are those sheets washed? I have, washed. I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. You know me. You knew that was going to be an issue. I know, but still. But I anyway. loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved it. But I did have a moment of, like, <gasps> oh, my God, I loved it. I love that part so much. Okay, so I guess we sort of started on offensiveness because Lane found the jail part a little dirty. Well, and you don't know you're beautiful. (laughs) You know you're beautiful. Um, And then in the very beginning, so what happens is Jemmy goes to the matchmaker's cottage to bring her food. Mm -hmm. And the matchmaker's not there, but but Amanda is. And Amanda's like mm, in her pajamas and um in of course this is i'm not blaming the victim here but amanda could have been like don't come in it's not esme hold your horses to give her time to get dressed but instead she doesn't say anything she and she runs around and like gets stuck like a little sausage in her dress because she's never gotten dressed before on her own and so he comes in and he like starts making comments about, like, how how pretty her legs are and blah, 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 and stuff like that. And I think in real life this would have been, like, really gross. But in the book it's, like, really cute. Yeah, that didn't bother me, but I did have one thing in this book that actually really offended me. Yeah? So she talks about how she was chubby back mm. when she first made her debut and how recently she'd lost weight effectively due to depression. Mm-hmm. Like she, it's implied that she was depressed and yeah. that's what led to her parents setting off the chain of events that led to her bullying. And she's like so excited putting on her new gown that she wants to show off her new body. Mm-hmm. And she's just so excited. And I really didn't love the glorification of thinness that had been a one to begin with, but two, especially one that had been acquired through poor mental health. Yeah, I, I've never loved that part about the book. I'm I'm really bothered by that. I really don't love the 
I lost a bunch of weight because I was really sick. Isn't it great? Yeah. There's no defending it, and it's one moment. It's not like I still really, really, really enjoyed this novella. But, like, everything else we're saying, yeah, technically that's offensive, but we liked it anyway here. Technically that's offensive, but we liked it anyway here. This was something that, like, it did I not get a like pass it. for me for I've being never in a liked book it. at all. No, 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 no. That's not something that I've ever liked. It's definitely something that I've overlooked because I like the novella. Like, and it's, it would be such an easy thing to get rid of that line. So easy, yeah. She doesn't need to have lost any weight. Or even if she did, it, it can just be attributed to over the last eight years, she lost baby fat. Like, yeah. to specifically tie it to describing what was clearly mental illness. Yeah. She lost weight during that time and then have her praising herself for finally having a great body was very gross. Yeah, there was, and I think, so part of it is when you read that scene, she's like really happy that she finally has a dress that was made just for her. Yes. And, you know, she's heavier than her sister. So her sisters, she had to wear her sister's hand-me-downs, basically. Mm. So they were all let out to the end of the scenes and nothing looked good on her. And so you don't even have to talk about her losing weight. You just right. have to say, it's, it's been, it's so nice for me to have a dress that's made for me. And, you know, but the thing is, she also could have been much taller or much shorter than her sisters. Mm -hmm. Like making it about weight was, I thought, a very poor choice. Yeah. Um, sexiness. So friggin' sexy. This book is like so sexy. We've talked a lot before about one of the things that we'll really enjoy is a couple that just can't keep their hands off each other, even against their better judgment. Mm -hmm. Like he goes into a room one night to stop her from running away and they end up making out and then his mom <laughs> catches them. And it's just like, all of it is played for hilarity, but it's very much presented as like a whoops, can't keep my hands off you. Yes. Well, there's this part at the very beginning that I actually really like is he, he's like, Oh, I haven't felt like, a rake in a while. Like I've just been sitting at home moping around feeling bad for myself. And so this is being with her. is like the first time that he's feeling a little frisky, like <laughs> in a long time. Right. Do they ever mention like how long he's been a recluse? They do, but I don't remember. I know she was 18 when she came out and she's supposed to be 25 in the books, but I, I did he only have one season. Is this supposed to be like five, six years or was it shorter yeah. than that? Okay. No, I, th I think that's that's really it. That was he disappeared from that season. And um, that's how long it's been. OK, so it's what, seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Probably six from the end of the season because the new season's about to start. Yeah. But he disappeared in the middle. Uh, OK. Of the season and then never came back. OK, then. So, yeah, it, it was just it was very, very sexy. It's extremely sexy. So there's this part, uh, there's this part at the beginning that I really like, actually. So again, it's the first time that he's like feeling frisky in seven years or whatever. <laughs> and um, he, he like goes into steal a kiss. And she basically is just like, just drops him on the ground. It's so funny. It's so funny. He's like, oh, whoops. And he's like, why did you do that? And she's like, uh, I think you know why I did that. It's just very cute, and they're very cute together, and this is an entirely ridiculous plot with so much contrivance, and I still liked it anyway. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, honestly, if you've never read Elizabeth Boyle, I do recommend maybe reading this book, because it's short, sweet, it gives you, I think it really gives you a good idea of, of, 
how she is as a writer. I agree. It's it's a really good starting point for her stuff, at least for someone who's only read her stuff with magic. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't have magic in all her stuff. She really doesn't. Um, it just seems like it. Those are just the ones you recommend to me. <laughs> well, I do love them. I like love the like magical elements. I mean, her recent books have been um, based on fairy tales, and they have this like over the top stuff. Not based on fairy tales. I'm sorry, but they are. They're supposed to be fairy tale ish. Like I mean, one of them. One of them is called the Viscount who lived down a lane. I mean, you know me. That is very much my thing. Mm-hmm. So these are the her most recent series is called the is called the Rhymes with Love series. So it's it's not fairy tale. It's um nursery rhymes. So the first one is called Along Came a Duke. I don't know next, how I feel about sexualizing that. <laughs> it, but they're not. I mean, it's it's basically just the titles. Okay. Um. So one is called Along Came a Duke. One is called And Then Miss Ran Away with the Rake. Okay. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We highly recommend this novella. <laughs> And if you've never read any Elizabeth Boyle, now is the time to start.